Hey everyone, want to win friends and influence people and you're a sociopath? Today's book is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. We hated it. I'm Kellen Erskine. I'm a comic, a father, and my closest friends will all tell you that I won them because of this book. <laughs> I'm kidding. This book is garbage, mostly. And I'm excited to talk about it. And I'm David Vance. I like talking about winning friends because I too think every friendship has a winner and a loser. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie is a good reminder that every human you come across is a unique opportunity to get something. <laughs> and this is The Book Pile. So a quick reminder to please rate and review The Book Pile. It really helps us a lot, and we really appreciate it when you do rate. Here's a fun review from Liz Nerd. I'm not teasing them. That's, that's what he or she called themselves. She says, To be honest... I first only listened to the episodes covering Harry Potter and Pride and Prejudice. They were great. I was skeptical about Dave and Kellen's ability to make nonfiction books sound equally as enjoyable, but I finally decided to give the rest of the episodes a try. Now I'm hooked. Ah, uh, thanks, Lesnard. It's interesting to see the split of the audience. There are listeners who listen to the episodes so they don't have to read the books, and there are people who listen because they've read the books. Yeah. It's sort of like how we prepare the podcast, how you read all the books. <laughs> anyway. This is from Jeffrey Jordan 04. He says, Kellen's jokes make me laugh out loud just like his stand-up, and Dave's jokes make me feel intelligent just for understanding them. <laughs> Does not sound like he laughs at mine. <laughs> he, he also says, I'm one of those people who's constantly listening to podcasts with a rotation of about four different shows in a day, but this tops them all. Thanks, Jeffrey Jordan. Thank you. And I love how Dave, you and I are both insecure enough to still take something <laughs> as complimentary as that. And and find negative things. From <laughs> you took it as he doesn't listen to my jokes. And I took it as he thinks my <laughs> jokes are stupid. <laughs> if we were secure, we wouldn't be in this business. <laughs> we're secure. Now, please, please give please us five-star reviews. Podcast. Today in the bathroom, I opened the podcast on the app and I accidentally gave it a one star review and panicked so much I almost dropped my phone. <laughs> that sounds like the stakes in a movie about a white guy <laughs> where he accidentally gives a one star review to his own podcast and then drops his phone in the toilet. <laughs> no. So it's it's undoable. Un-undoable. <laughs> that is true. What do you think of like white guy literary stakes? No one made Ahab chase that whale. He chose to chase that whale. <laughs> and what color was that whale? But that's a good point. Yeah, that there was no no reason. So I have a little plug. My friend Meg Morton did the logo for the show, and she's a wonderful designer. And she recently started making these just beautiful custom decorative signs. Uh, so if you like the artwork and you want a great sign for your house, check out her Instagram. It's at Made by Salt. And she made me a sign of the podcast logo, and I sincerely just love it. And I, I'm going to be at Helium Comedy Club in Portland, March 25th to the 27th. Get tickets now. Portland.heliumcomedyclub.com. I don't know if that's the website, but Google it and it'll let you know. <laughs> Just Google comedy uh, and look for my picture. <laughs> Do you think your picture is the first thing that comes up when one Googles comedy? <laughs> How arrogant. All right, without further ado, here are our favorite or possibly least favorite lessons from How to Win Friends and Influence People. Number one. Be nice to people, but not so they give you stuff. 
So I have a little <laughs> hypothesis for why this book feels so manipulative to me. Mm. So he takes a bunch of good advice about being a decent human being, and then he shows you how it makes you rich and powerful. <laughs> so so here's, here's an example. He says, it is an old and true maxim that a drop of honey catches more flies than a gallon of gall. So... Yeah, that seems reasonable, right? Like, be nice to people. Mm. Then he says, so if you would win a man to your cause, first convince him that you are his sincere friend. (laughs) And then this is the example of niceness he gives in that section. He basically says, look how nice oil baron John D. Rockefeller was when he broke this coal miner strike. (laughs) I do love in the introduction of the book, he claims that he has researched the material for this book by reading hundreds of books and magazines on the subject of human behavior and relationships. But then for the for the rest of the book, he mostly just quotes FDR, Charles Schwab, and John D. Rockefeller. <laughs> and for anyone right now who's listening to this and disagreeing that this book doesn't hold up, he tells a story of, of Calvin Coolidge approaching his own secretary and saying, quote, that's a pretty dress you're wearing, and you're a very attractive young woman. <laughs> now, don't get stuck up. I just said that to make you feel good, and from now on, I'd like you to pay closer attention to your punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> Dale Carnegie, he follows that with his psychology was superb. <laughs> Coolidge apparently once said, and this isn't word for word, the farmers are poor. They have always been poor. They will always be poor. (laughs) Well, wait, remind me again uh, when the Great Depression happened. (laughs) I think a little after Coolidge. (laughs) They called him Silent Cal, but it's really funny to me that anytime Silent Cal opened his mouth, it was to say something mean. (laughs) This apocryphal story I've heard about him was a woman came up and she was like, my friend bet me I couldn't get you to say three words. And he was like, you lose. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I like I like taking that approach where you take really solid moral wisdom and then you make it really opportunistic at the end. (laughs) Like, love thy neighbor as thyself, because maybe he'll give you stuff. (laughs) Thou shalt not kill because it's a bad business model. (laughs) Number two. This is not a book about making friends. (laughs) Now, even the word influence as in influencing people in the title, it doesn't mean a good influence. It's not a synonym for inspire. It's influence as in the sense of manipulate. Sure. They say don't judge a book by its cover, and you especially shouldn't... (laughs) Judge the cover of a book that was written by an amazing salesman. (laughs) Because on the outside, it's basically like, hey, do you want some friends? But on the inside, it's a book about gaining clients. It's not a book about finding friends and creating meaningful friendships. (laughs) You know, friends, the people who buy stuff from you. (laughs) It's about... Jeff Bezos has so many friends. It's a book about having good manners so that you increase your clientele. So... (laughs) And this is true. Like, he doesn't give examples of meaningful relationships. Instead, he quotes a lot of businessmen telling stories about how they've implemented the principles from his lectures. And I've gathered direct quotes from the very end of a few of those stories. So, 
this one guy said, by the time we had parted, he had given me a check and another commission. (laughs) Another guy's story he quotes, when we were done chatting, he called up his secretary and set up $35,000 worth of business for the ensuing month. There's another one. As a result of our unique meeting, I was awarded the contract at a value of $1.6 million. Here's another quote. Here are the friends Carnegie did make. George Washington, Abe Lincoln, Alexander Hamilton, Andrew Jackson. (laughs) Here's another one. Quote, and here's the cream of the whole thing. We delivered new cars to all six of these new customers. First of all, starting any sentence with here's the cream of it all. I've definitely... I can't say this joke. (laughs) Try that at your next pitch meeting. (laughs) And you guys thought that was great. Here's the cream of the whole thing. (laughs) Ugh. So those were quotes from business people. And here, uh, these last couple are from Dale Carnegie, just summarizing a couple of other stories. Quote, Webster used the friendly approach, and it helped to make him famous. Webster, like the dictionary? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And here's this last one. Dean Woodcock's friendly approach saved his company much embarrassment. (laughs) (laughs) So you could see it's it's just about salesmanship and, and nothing else. Another example of good advice and then a terrible ending. He talks about like when you're talking with someone, talk about the things they're interested in, not just the things you're interested in, which is good advice. But he frames it as when I go fishing, I like strawberries, but the fish likes worms. So I put a worm on the hook. But then he ends with, why not use the same common sense when fishing for people? Ah, <laughs> right. uh, yes. At every party I'm looking for, who can I lure in? club over the head, (laughs) gut and eat. (laughs) As he's literally talking about luring. I read this book in my early 20s because as we discussed in in our episode about the book Quiet, which is about introverts, which by the way, I think it'd be a fun read for, or a fun listen for anyone who hasn't yet. A fun sort of trilogy of our episodes to listen to would be to listen to Freakonomics and then Quiet and then this episode. Because in Quiet, Quiet talks a lot about people who are introverts like me, who are less prone to speak up, that those people have just as much value to contribute as their more boisterous counterparts. And Freakonomics reveals the perverse incentives, which is usually money, these perverse incentives that drive toxic behavior. But then there's the message of this book, which is like, (laughs) be gregarious and aggressively nice just so that you get paid more. (laughs) So I I read it in my early 20s, hoping to to get some advice. And there are some good points uh, in this book, but all you have to do is Google the points in this book and you can read a list and you will learn. A lot of them should be common sense at this point. Um, but he does have points about like ask people about themselves and I forget the other ones because most of them are are more manipulative, but it's a lot about being polite. The book is basically set up as a bunch of bullet points that are supported by examples from rich men. (laughs) Well, I know, I know they've released different versions of this book. Do you know if they've made one for people with empathy? (laughs) So what this book has mostly done is help me be aware of not sounding hostile in emails. <laughs> What's been your experience with this book, uh, Dave? When did you like first read it and what what was your reaction? I had just read Seven Habits and I really liked it. And this was in a lot of similar lists as Seven Habits. 
And so then I read it and it just felt so different. Like seven habits felt like so uplifting in the sense that it was like, here's how you become the best version of you. And this, and this is Dale Carnegie saying, here's how to be the best version of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, remember people's names, but not so they give you stuff. So <laughs> again, he gives good advice. He says, remember people's names, even though it takes work. Like remembering everyone's name genuinely does take effort, but it, you know, it's, it's effort well paid. It's worth it. And, and mm-hmm. it's also the nice thing to do and it makes them feel good. But here's the story he tells. So this guy eats lunch at the company cafeteria and every day there's this really unhappy lunch lady. So the guy learns her name and he says, hello, Eunice. And then he's like, wow, she gave me extra ham. So, <laughs> so don't learn her name because she's human. Learn it for the ham. And, and I agree with him that we like it when people learn our names. But here's his quote on that. Remember, a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. So hmm. you ask me the most beautiful sound, not Claire de Lune, not Robert Frost poems. It's someone saying, Dave. <laughs> I've learned from my dating experience, it's very hard to say Dave in a sexy way. <laughs> Come here, Dave. Yeah. You sound like Alexa talking. <laughs> yeah, that that's who I'm imitating. <laughs> I remember in a college class on human relations, a speech class, interpersonal communication, uh, the teacher said that they did this study and found that People are more prone to remember the names of attractive people. And I just remember like feeling bad about myself for the rest of the day. Because no one can recall Kellen. Have I told have I told that story yet about my name being mispronounced, being introduced? Actually I'm not sure. It wasn't an attractive enough story. <laughs> So when I when I do shows, there's always an opener, always a host, and they sometimes they don't know who I am, which is very insulting. And when that happens, <laughs> I know that if they don't ask me what my name is at least two or three times before they go out on stage to introduce me, I know it's not going to go right. So this <laughs> happened once. It happened once at the Hollywood Improv. This guy, he just comes in. Hey, what's your name? I said, Kellen Erskine. And he goes, got it. And he walked out and I was like, there's no way he got it. <laughs> and so he does his set. And then at the end of the set, he goes, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Calvin Earthshine. <laughs> How did you not adopt that as your stage name immediately? It's Calvin Earthshine? Regrets. Now you're going to remember that forever. It's <laughs> such a better name than mine is. I didn't even correct him. That is like an 80s musical sex symbol. That is like <laughs> David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> Labyrinth 2, The Return of Calvin Earthshine My uh, my middle name is Lillian Quist And one time my roommate Matt called me Legend Quest And oh, now wow. the, the episode I'm writing for this sitcom is titled Legend Quest <laughs> That's great writing advice for anyone that is pursuing a career in TV or film Is to use just like the deepest inside jokes <laughs> For your jokes. Yeah, it's mostly based on humor within our house. So it's it's niche. Wait, was it Matt Niche who called you that? <laughs> For people to get that joke, they have to know who Matt Meese is. They have to know that he's my roommate, and then they have to make the jump from Meese to Niche. 
That's why you don't get to boo the joke. It was a meta joke about being an inside joke. Dave boos what he cannot do. I walk by a happy family. Boo. I walk by someone real tall. Boo. On on that subject of the uh, stand-up like open mics being called up. Apparently Jamie Foxx, that's not his actual name. He adopted that name because he would go to these open mics where it was just a bunch of dudes and people thought Jamie Foxx was a woman. So they'd look at the list and they were just trying to shake up the lineup and they'd be like, Jamie Foxx, is she here? And he's like, oh, that's me. But then they'd already (laughs) called him up. (laughs) All right. Number four for me is pretend to be sincere. (laughs) So there are so many times in this book where he'll say something like, find out what someone's passion is, ask them questions about it, and then be genuinely interested in it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, that is good advice. It's just that it's coming from, he has lost all of our benefit of the doubt on the sincerity thing. Yeah, you can't genuine, like you can be, I had a neighbor who would never stop talking about making surfboards, like he made them in his open garage. And I was I was a good listener to him whenever I couldn't sneak inside my own house after parking. <laughs> But that's all you can be is like, you can be a polite listener, but you can't force yourself to care about something. <laughs> I also like that the instincts honed over millennia on the Pleistocene of avoiding leopards are now used by you to avoid small talk with acquaintances. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing when you're in someone's peripheral, skirting out of view quickly. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had that neighbor, but holy cow, I would call my wife before I like blocks away from home to be like, is he out there? It's like a quiet place. It's just that noise is fatal for a different reason. I would be like, I saved up to buy a Tesla just so I could park quieter. (laughs) Like, I would be pretend, like, as softly as I could getting out on the passenger side of my car, and I step on a twig, and immediately he's there like, hey, I found this new glue for the fin. (laughs) The shady thing to me is that, like, I know that Dale Carnegie knows this. He just doesn't say it outright. He's almost like like a mob boss. Every time I read one of these passages when he says, be genuinely interested, it's like he's invisibly following it with, you know what I mean. <laughs> That's the real advice. Is It's all about giving himself plausible deniability. <laughs> Fake interest and you'll have a better chance of making a sale. That's the real name of this chapter. Like if you hold it up to the light. Tell her you care about her major. (laughs) And so, one of the funniest parts of the book, when it's not supposed to be, he tells this story. It's like the one part in the book where he is, he's trying to redeem himself because he says that he was giving a talk one time on all of these points and he told a story about how he complimented the full head of hair that this like elderly concierge had. And then someone in the audience said, asked him the question, uh, what were you trying to get out of this guy? And Dale Carnegie, he acts very insulted. And he goes, what was I trying to get out of him? 
If we are so contemptibly selfish that we can't radiate a little happiness without trying to get something out of the other person in return, we will meet with the failure we so richly deserve. But I was trying to get more ham. <laughs> it's like you can't you can't blame this person for asking the question like you have literally only been talking about how to get more money out of people this whole time so you can't just be like how dare you anyway on to the next part how to make people glad to do what you want (laughs) all right random facts so i read this in a bloomberg article In his biography of Charles Manson, author Jeff Gwynn credits Carnegie training with transforming Manson from a low-level pimp to the frighteningly effective sociopath who created a (laughs) cult of killers. And then I found this in an article in the New York Times in 1940. We find the astonishing information that one of the best-selling books in Germany is How to Win Friends and Influence People. (laughs) Imagine that publisher who's like, Hey, man, you really struck a chord with the Nazis. You got anything else like that? I love that he's like, since he is obviously like money and power hungry that Dale Carnegie, he goes to his publishers the next week. He's like, all right, uh, just throwing this out there. Uh, The next book, How to Raise a Secret Army. (laughs) So one of the chapters is called Give a Dog a Good Name which is this this unproven principle that if you give someone a compliment about something they're not actually doing, that they will try to start being that good. <laughs> but it's crazy because he tells what he obviously thinks is a funny story about how P.T. Barnum offered to pay his nephew $10,000 to change his name to P.T. Barnum. But then Dale Carnegie... He changed the spelling of his own name so that it would match Andrew Andrew Carnegie's (laughs) name. (laughs) There's another section in the book, or another chapter in the book, called Let the Person Feel the Idea is Theirs. (laughs) By the way, everyone who worked with Steve Jobs did that involuntarily. (laughs) Well, what's funny is, once again... If you don't do this in a manipulative way, there is like genuine truth to a lot of these principles. Like I remember Phil Jackson talked about coaching Michael and he would say, you know, sometimes it was just best to tell Michael, hey, here's a problem I'm working on. Can you help me find a solution to it? And then once Michael felt the ownership of that problem, he'd be much more willing to accept the solution. So all these things are things that you can be applying in a healthy, productive way. Just don't make sure that your intent isn't always to like screw people over and extract as much like resources from people as possible. (laughs) Yeah. So like don't incept someone into, oh, my father wants me to break up my business (laughs) to be my own man. But I do think if you help people like work on the problems themselves, they have greater ownership in it. They like pay more attention to whatever that problem is. There are all these benefits that don't require you to be manipulative to get you there. (laughs) I love the title of this book was the original title for Inception. (laughs) How to win friends and influence people. First, covertly sneak into their dreams. (laughs) You know if Dale Carnegie had access to Inception technology that he would use it. (laughs) But you'd be like, wait, why am I in this bland corporate dream (laughs) where the friends are just people who buy my product? (laughs) So I have another... Fun fact here, Dale Carnegie invented clickbait. 
which I don't know if it's true, but I'm just going to say that it's a fact because that's what he does throughout the book. <laughs> the titles to his to chapters and sections in the book sound like uh, the clickbait that you see under every CNN or Fox News article. Sure. This is one of them. If you don't do this, you are headed for trouble. <laughs> do this and you'll be welcome anywhere. How to make people like you instantly. Like, I'm surprised that there wasn't a chapter called One Weird Trick That'll Give You Friends. <laughs> yeah, why does he feel the need to clickbait you inside his own book? <laughs> like, you're in the book. <laughs> so another one, and this is one of the pieces of actually good advice, because... Got to give credit where credit's due. He says, when dealing with people, remember that you are not dealing with creatures of logic, but with creatures bristling with prejudice and motivated by pride and vanity. So maybe a little over the top, but I think generally a good thing to keep in mind. Any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most fools do, but it takes character and self-control to be understanding and forgiving. A great man shows his greatness by the way he treats little men. So I think broadly a good principle. He does then essentially follow it up by saying, never criticize anyone ever. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is taking a good principle to a bad extreme. Yeah, at one point he says, what would you do if an employee started putting in shoddy work? You could fire him, but that wouldn't solve anything. <laughs> How would that <laughs> not solve well, anything? <laughs> seems like, like a pretty quick solution. It's not the most humane choice, but it objectively <laughs> solves that specific problem. <laughs> and one more, the author, Sinclair Lewis said that the message of this book was smile and bob and pretend to be interested in other people's hobbies precisely so that you may screw things out of them. <laughs> and now here are a few alternate titles that Dave and I came up with for how to win friends and influence people. Seven habits, but seven is spelled like the Brad Pitt serial killer movie. <laughs> How to Sell a Book to Lonely People. <laughs> the Chick-fil-A Employee Handbook. <laughs> All right, so based on who was reading it, How to Win France and Influence Poland. <laughs> oh my God. All right, to recap our favorite lessons from How to Win Friends and Influence People. Here's the cream of the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Be nice to people, but not so they'll give you stuff. Two, this is not a book about making real friends. Three, remember people's names, but not so they give you stuff. Four, pretend to be sincere. And five, we sincerely appreciate you listening to this. <laughs>